We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. I'm here today with Ann Smarty, the brand and community manager at Internet Marketing Ninjas. Hi, Ann. How are you doing today? Hi, doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing good, and I am Daniel Antos. I'm the copy editor of Search Engine Journal, so we're going to talk today about content marketing. Uh, there's some newer trends coming up, and I just wanted to pick your brain and see what you're seeing in the field. So what's the biggest thing that you're noticing as far as changing in the content marketing, like the newest trend or the most one, the, the one that you find the most interesting? Well, there are lots of trends, and this is one of the ever-changing, fastest-changing industry that I'm aware of. The, but the one that I'm really excited about is that it's getting really, really diverse. There are so many types ways to package the content and publish it online. I still remember the time when video was just available to huge companies with huge budgets. Yeah. Today video is everywhere. That's just one example. And like this podcast, you couldn't you didn't see so many interesting things going on like even five years ago. Even three years ago it was different. Now it's very it's very diverse. That's my. That's the hugest trend that I'm really excited about, and I'm really and I'm involved in directly. Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot too. Because obviously, we've started doing the podcast. I think only within the last year, and we've also started doing webinars and videos. It's it's becoming a lot more than just blog posts nowadays, for sure. Yes, yes, and even I remember the time when just adding a picture to a blog post was a huge deal and <laughs> made a huge difference because not many people did that. Right, not many people even knew how to make a screenshot or edit it. They thought that they needed a Photoshop or any other expensive software to edit an image to add to the blog post. And today, it's it's everywhere. It's really hard to stand out and go get through that clutter which is a good thing because it pushes brands and publishers and editors and writers to stand out and get even more diverse and create something new, get creative. I think that's a very good trend that we're seeing right now. I agree, yeah, because it used to be that you had to have a Mac and an Apple and Photoshop to do anything, and now you've got like PicMonkey and Canva that you can add text in two seconds to create something that's really unique. Compared yeah, to it's, before. it's online. It's online, so you don't have to download anything. It's free, and mostly I've been using Canva for probably more than a year now, and I've never had to pay a penny because it's it's all free. Yeah, it's it's very it's awesome. You don't have any 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 skills to to edit pictures right now and to make them really beautiful, and that's just one example. Like I said, even videos and webinars and Google Hangouts made a huge yeah. difference in content marketing as well. It's just the most recent one. So it's it's huge. I love it. <laughs> it is always changing. Um, so what's what do you think is the most underutilized type of content? Like we talked about webinars and podcasts. I think webinars are really underutilized. I think people are starting to pick up. But what else do you see that people aren't using that you think will get big? It's interesting. It's easier to say what's 
overutilized, you know, right. like um, infographics. I think uh, what what yeah, it's an, it's an interesting mobile apps is definitely still something that people with huge budgets can afford, which I would love to see changing. There are so many publishers that ev- that let you change, edit something, and publish your own uh, mobile app, but, but it's not exactly the same. I would love to see that being more affordable and easier in the future. I think that's where we're moving to mobile apps. Yeah. Those generally still have to have a big budget. There's a couple of smaller programs, but they feel really bare bones. Yes, I agree. So you don't have too much flexibility there. And also the whole mobile publishing uh, process is not that easy because you need a publisher to publish an app, which is already making it very hard to do. That's true. So that industry is underutilized, even though it's so popular for for quite a few years now. It's still the something that really huge companies can do well. So yeah, hopefully okay. that's changing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. It's always exciting because everything's changing, which I know it frustrates a lot of people. But to me, that's what makes our industry so interesting is there's always something new. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I love it. I've been I've been in this industry for about eight years, and I think the content marketing is the most exciting stuff to watch. Like social media is changing too, but right. it's not that exciting because it's more it's more the matter of uh, little things that not really changing the the basic things that you are doing, like networking and building something, building relationships. And content marketing is changing, and we are changing with it, which is very interesting. Well, when you do like social media or SEO, you're also at the mercy of some sort of big brand, Facebook or Google. And I mean, content marketing, you have to deal with it too. But I feel like there's a little bit more flexibility because you're not publishing on just one place. Yes. You've got Especially to- now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are your favorite tips for content marketing, um, either for producing, tracking it, anything like that? My favorite tip for a few, probably for a couple of years now, have been repackaging. Like if I were to do this podcast, I would make it a video and then I would repackage it into a podcast. And if I do a blog post, a series of blog posts, I would repackage it in an ebook. Or if I do a series of videos, I could repackage them in Udemy course, you know, Udemy.com, my a great a great platform where you can where you can publish your online course and have some students and so that's that's my favorite. If I would do a how to article with lots of screenshots, I could repackage it into a slide share presentation and taking all those screenshots and step by step into separate slides, which go very well. So I would I think I would say that's that's my favorite thing I'm doing and that's what I'm always a huge advocate of. Create diverse content based on one research that which I call the packaging. Yeah, that's we've been doing that with the um the webinars that we've been doing. I've I find it it's really interesting because we do the webinar, we record it, that becomes a video, we write a blog post about it, and then we'll even have one of our in-house writers do like a long kind of how to or however the content works, a longer form content um, blog post that gets deeper than we can really do in video in, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. So I have to agree the repackaging is, it's definitely interesting and it's a way to get a lot of information 
like to use that information a lot of different places instead of just one time. And you spend so much time and energy researching and coming up with these blog topics or white paper topics or whatever, and to only use it once seems terrible. So it's, it's definitely nice to reuse it in a bunch of different ways. Yep. I agree. That's what I'm doing. And you don't have, like I said, it's, it's affordable, it's time-saving, it's productive, it's, it's everything. So whenever, you, whenever I plan a, any article, I always think on the back of my mind where else I could use it, where else I could upload it, where else I can. There are so many channels that you can utilize right now right. for different forms of content. So, yeah, it's definitely my favorite content marketing tip. The, another new term that I've heard recently is adaptive content. Do you think that that's the same? How do you think that that works? Is that pretty much what we're talking about? I think I'm pretty sure that it's the same thing, but like like there are so many terms, but I think right. that's the same one. I think it's I do think it's just kind of a fancy word for because I've also heard it alongside omni-channel, which also sounds like a buzzword. Um, yeah, there are quite a few like they they can even say I, people used to call it recycling content recycling, right? Which I don't really like because mm-hmm. it's not recycling. You create a new piece of content, so I'm using the packaging because it's use use the same pack the, another package from the same research of the same content, which I find the most precise term for that. But I'm pretty sure there are quite a few. I agree. I think that's. I like the repackaging because recycling just kind of got a negative connotation to it. Yes. Yes. So I think I asked about tools. What other content marketing tools do you like, especially for tracking? Because I think that's something that can be really difficult for people to tell, like how their content is actually working. You know, with SEO and with social media, there's it feels like there's more hardcore numbers. And without using like Google Analytics, which is definitely one you can use to track content, what other tools do you see to use for ROI? Yeah, analytics is tough. Is a tough one. I don't even have time to dig into Google Analytics the way I would like to do that. Like with all the with all the user intent, user landing, user trip, all of that. I would love to be able to have time to track that, which I don't. And right. I, that's a shame. That's a great tool that I would use. Why I'm using uh, Cipher? It's C Y F E. It has Google Analytics built in it. Oh, so interesting! You, yeah, you can you can have so many, a lot of tools within one dashboard, which is nice. I can track social media numbers of any article. I can use. I can see its traffic right in this in the next widget. So it it could take some time to set up, but after that, it just goes and archives everything that you are tracking there, and I can track them. My brand mentions there as well. My author name wow. statistics so it's it's handy it's just it, it isn't doing anything like it has it has no like its own tool of its own it just imports lots of lots of data into one dashboard and you can have a few dashboards so based on what you are tracking so it, that's probably my first choice here and i'm not sure if many people are aware of it so um in terms of analytics not using anything else except for Google, Google Analytics and Cypher, which, which is how I set it up. It's productivity, right? Like, you know, right. I don't have too much time. So <laughs> I would love to dig deep, deep into what I'm doing with all those analytics data. But I cannot afford the time. So all I can do is just tracking the numbers and go from there. 
What do you think the value of a social share is? I've heard a lot of discussion about that. Um, I read some research that was saying that CMOs, the top thing that they look for when they're creating content is social shares. What do you think is the most valuable metric? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But I guess... Go ahead. Uh, like uh, that's the same with me. I can laugh at that, but if my article is not shared, if I see that there are it's low in shares, I I feel bad. Right. <laughs> so then it is probably the first thing that I'm looking into when I use when I look at the social media numbers of my articles. They do drive traffic, but it's so hard to tell from case to case. Like one article can be shared one million of times and just get a a fraction of traffic and another article seems to be shared not as much but it it keeps getting traffic so those shares probably went into the right the right channel someone someone with the right following shared it a few times and that's where the traffic is coming so i would look into relevancy i would look into um traffic traffic even if it doesn't convert it's it shows if the if you hit the nail with the channel you're marketing to, uh, I I would I know that tracking conversions from social media is very hard yes. because people can come and go but they can remember you. So I would also pay attention to brand. How brand brand building of social media is the hugest thing because people see you once, people see you twice, people land to you third for the third times and. Yeah, they remember you and they trust you much more than if they just came from search engine from searching. <laughs> sorry, and um, see you for the first time. Right. So brand building like that, Ming- mingling or uh, Rand Fishkin's term is serendipity. Right, the more right. they the more they see you, the more they trust you. So that's something which is very hard to measure, but something that I've seen happen to my content, and something that I would really urge people to pay attention to how if your articles are shared a lot and those are natural shares that tells a lot about your brand in the first place and your social media channels yeah i agree i think i mean it's definitely part of vanity like anytime i think i made a comment on something a couple days ago and got like twenty seven thousand likes and i'm like obsessively checking it giggling to myself going why does this even matter but (laughs) it feels good right um, it feels good. You you should feel good about what you're doing. So that's why social media is so important. <laughs> yeah, but I do think that the you touched on relevancy, and I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people, a lot of brands that are just getting into content marketing, they're just like, oh, so I have a blog. Let me write some stuff, and it's just Merry Christmas and a picture, and it's like, okay, well, I mean that in addition to like a strong content marketing plan would be helpful, but by itself it's not. So I think a lot of people aren't thinking about their audience. They're not thinking about what their audience needs. And I think that's something people forget about quite often. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, like I said, I'm a social media junkie. I just keep, <laughs> keep looking at those numbers, even though they don't mean anything. Sometimes they don't. But <laughs> when you, when you, it's it's still useful to look at the numbers. Like right, if right. you notice people liking something more than in anything else you're sharing, you could try doing more of that and that would add up to all the interactions and more people will get to see less interesting content that you share as well. Especially with Facebook edge rank. Like if you if more and more people interact with your more exciting memes or something those people will also get to see your links as well. 
That's right. If they interact. So it's still good. Shares are still good. Fair enough. So we're pretty close to time. I wanted to ask you one last question. So what is your top tip for content marketing to stay ahead of your competition? So the number one thing you would tell if you were consulting with someone that they ought to do? I would say invest in long-term assets. Like focus on building something evergreen or huge and then go from there. Like many, many, many people think that they, if they have a blog, that's enough. They do content marketing and they publish sometimes and that's good. Building assets is something that you need to focus first. Focus on something huge and then step by step you can implement that. For example, my, your asset could be a huge book. Or okay. it could be, or it, it, it even could be a YouTube channel, but a popular one. Pick one asset and go to that step by step. That's what I would say. Because in content marketing, even today, people start from very something very little, and they don't even know where they're going from there. I would start planning from ahead and then implementing that step-by-step with your little steps, but have a plan. That's really good advice. Well, that's going to conclude us today. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me today, Anne. Thank you for having me. Very honored. And I love Search Engine Journal. (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank you for joining us today for uh, SCJ's podcast, Marketing Nerds. I am Daniel Antos, the copy editor of Search Engine Journal. We were joined today with and Smarty, the brand and community manager for Internet Marketing Ninjas. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.